Hi, I'm Nancy O'Neill, Director of Detroit Business Hub Group. Welcome to the Detroit Business Hub Group podcast. Listen to business professionals share their expertise to help you start and accelerate your business. Invest in your business now. Here with Mike Rizzo with Rizzo Rizzo Creative Services. Hi, Hi. Mike. And also Melissa Davis with Wise Digital Marketing. So I'm going to take a moment and let you two introduce yourselves. I'll pretty much just be asking the questions. I'm, I'm the author of Fire Your Job, Your Own Boss. Um, but I'll be asking the questions. I guess I can chime in if I need to. Whatever. Melissa, what are you first? Okay. Hi, everyone. Yes, as Nancy mentioned, my name is Melissa Davis. And yes, I am the founder and owner of Wise Digital Marketing, where we help overwhelm and understaff uh, small businesses with their digital marketing needs, especially around marketing strategy and planning, social media marketing and management, paid advertising, online advertising management, um, as well as um, Facebook ads and, and helping them with that. And I'm Michael Rizzo, and uh, yeah, I run Rizzo Rizzo Creative Services Company, a family-owned business I started with my dad, and we work with a, a great many family-owned businesses, our clients, uh, who do great work across all sorts of different verticals, big and small, uh, and I'm proud to be a member of Detroit Business Hub. Including working with Detroit Business Hub. That's, that's true. <laughs> Nancy, you're my family. I know. Same here. Same here. There we go. I was going to say, it's not, we're not exactly family, but we're hey. pretty close. A <laughs> <laughs> good, tightly knit group. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, since the two of you are pretty much marketing experts, give us some inexpensive marketing tips to help businesses grow or help new business owners start their business. Okay, Mike, yeah, you're going to keep making me go first because I'm a lady's first. I'm putting you on the spot. He's being a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. These days. Yes, such a gentleman. Yes. Um, I think I think one of the, the easiest um, um, tips and cheapest tips for, for marketing your business is um, talking to your list, which I mean going back and talking with your existing customers, customers that you've had in the past um, that you are people that you know. Uh, that are or could be interested in your product or services. Some people, there's people out there, which makes sense, always like to look for new customers, but um, actually you can really mine um, um, riches in while chatting with your existing customers and offering something new to them. Yeah, and to dovetail on that, I think all of us as, as business owners and professionals have a responsibility to beat the streets uh, and that's less getting out there anymore. But it's about staying ever present on all the different media and uh, platforms that we all have to participate in. Uh, I, I joke that I forget about LinkedIn on, on an almost weekly basis and then remember, oh yeah, LinkedIn, that's a thing that exists. And then I follow up with all the different <laughs> business contacts that I have. Uh, um, I added a client this week where I said, hey, it's been a couple of weeks since I remember LinkedIn exists, but we should be connected on LinkedIn. Uh, and for what it's worth, and we're, now we're back together. And that's, a failing a, a daily responsibility I think we all have to think about all the different places where the people we do business are uh, and putting in the time putting in the effort just to keep your face out there just to remind them that whatever it is you do well whatever you are great at uh, hey I'm not here doing it. yeah and one of the things might be talked about with the Detroit Business Hub of course in our marketing models is building those relationships which are valuable um, we also talked about referrals and testimonials, both which are free and they go a long way. So word of mouth is still, I think, one of the best ways that you can market and promote your business. Everything is, is your professional network. Melissa, you rested? Yep. I, yeah, I agree. You know, and, and it's word of mouth. It's the same thing. Closed mouths get, do not get fed. So um, getting out there and, um, and just being there and, and, and now in COVID time, you just have to be there in a digital world, but you know, networking still happens and, and, and just responding and answering questions, you know, in different groups and being involved um, in wonderful uh, membership groups, such as this one with Detroit Business Hub Group. Um, it's, it's important to, to be out there. And I think it's easier for businesses, especially those who are starting out, if they come with that mindset of service. So if they're serving to solve a problem, it makes it easy because they're constantly looking for ways of doing that. And Nancy, you mentioned testimonials. 
Yeah, testimonial is essentially important to whatever you do. But for, for my business, um, as someone who, I don't like calling myself a video producer anymore because I do other things than that. But for the video aspect of my business, one of the key marketing tools, one of the most important sales tools I've got are web partners, people I work with who work on the website of, of marketing communications, who have made referrals to me that frankly have a higher closing percentage than the people I go out and find because it is a third-party testimonial by that mm -hmm. web partner that we've worked with Rizzo, Rizzo, they do good work. Our customers that we've introduced to them have been really happy and satisfied with the work that we've done. And the point I'm making with this long-winded story is that I just produced a, a testimonial today for one of my web partners uh, for, for, for featuring a client I just completed a video for, where I said, hey, you, you do great work with Lisa, how did Lisa do for you? And uh, where we mentioned that, oh, the Lisa's idea that we do this video in the first place. Uh, and that's just taking good care of your professional network. Uh, Absolutely. And, and yeah, again, doing that work to maintain those relationships. Yes. That was the word I was looking for when I started this whole thing. <laughs> it's all about building and maintaining your relationships. Yeah, but yeah. it's work, and it's work. really important. And, uh, I, and Mike, you actually were a referral from someone else in our network, and that's how the two of us connected. Another one of those web partners. Yeah, so you really want to, when you have that trust with that person that you know, to introduce you to someone that you don't know, it really goes a long way. So Melissa, in fact, was a referral from Robin. Yep. Yeah, there you go. I said, I need a marketing person. I mean, we can go out and find people, but we don't really know what type of work this does, we don't know their quality. So yeah, it just, it works out well. And then sometimes they give you an affinity discount too, such as Melissa did. So. <laughs> I don't like going out and flexing about what I do or do not know. Uh, yeah. I appreciate you telling me marketing experts being here. I, I don't go out and claim that I'm a master of marketing because I feel like it's it, it, it's hollow when I say it about myself. Yeah, you kind of come across as being really cocky and arrogant yeah. when you start bragging about yourself. Even though we know you do we do good work, but, but it just goes a lot further with somebody else to that instead of you saying it out of your own mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think once it has great work. Yeah, Mike does, you know, great work as well. And, but, but I, I do think, yeah, you're right. I think people, I think Mike, you said it really well. Referral is nothing more than a warm, wonderful testimonial, you know, and if people yeah. think about that from that perspective. And um, also Melissa, with your um, webinar, their podcast, Sorry, webinar that you did with Tammy, I interchanged the two of those. Um, one of the things that she says in her sales pitch is, um, sorry, let me say, elevator pitch is, how can I help you? And I love that because you're not trying to sell anything. And it kind of put people are like so like taken aback, like, wait a minute, aren't you trying to sell me something? And you're saying, how can I help? How can I be of service to you? And you almost like flip the script and people don't know how to handle that. They're like, uh, I don't, you know, they're so like not accustomed to it. They don't really know what to say. And in all of my years of doing this, whether this is how it actually works or how I am making it work, you want it to be the customer's idea, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, give me just enough information to say, oh, that's a great idea that you have there. Right, to make exactly. this video that you're describing where we approach this situation from this angle. <laughs> And that's what it is. I give you just enough tools to know about what I do so that you can give me what I need to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should be doing that thing you just described. Right. It's like, why is it that It's going to cost years? this many dollars. Like, yep. why is it they talk their husbands into doing something? It's like, oh, honey, that's a great idea. Well, listen, am I telling the truth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. That's <laughs> one of the only tricks in the book. Exactly. Like, exactly. You exactly. It's, it's... on your own. <laughs> It is, it is definitely what you do. What you do. That's how. That's how you teach. The more questions you ask, the more what you need. Well, you got to feed the ego, right? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Give us some inexpensive marketing tips to help us market our business. Well, uh, I think this goes back to where we started earlier, which is that again, you have to uh, be constantly aware of the different media that you have free access to all the time. Uh, if you're not regularly updating your various social media channels, just to remind people what you're doing, you're messing up. If you're not maintaining your email list and getting back to those prospects, those, those top 50 and getting at least one point of contact every week or two, you're messing up. Uh, 
and it kind of goes on and on from there. Melissa? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you hit on, on a lot of them. Um, you know, consistency and, uh, you know, just in one, a great marketing tip is you need several tries before you can kind of say it's wrong, it's messed up. You know, you really need to, you know, stick with something and, and, and run it, let it run its course before you really move on um, to, to try another tactic because yeah. it could be, you know, a, a tweak in an audience or a message could be a little off, but you, can, you still need to maintain that same tactic, you know, whether it is um, a social media ad or an email campaign um, before, you, before you write it off. So I think people, the shiny object syndrome is so, so um, just, I guess, busy now since we're all sort of virtual, we can get so distracted. Yeah. You know, we just kind of have to stay focused. <laughs> And let me add on to that, that at least in my business, um, most of my sales that are relatively large client relationships built with individuals. Um, and part of that is being not just proactive, but reactive. Because, and you, you figure this out on a client by client basis, on a prospect by prospect basis, uh, well, what's your preferred means of communicating? And I'll just straight up ask you, are you a texter? Do you want to email? Do you want to have a phone call? Because I have my, my ways that I send my regular emails. There are people with whom I have ongoing text conversations. There are people I send memes to, but it depends on building up that relationship and getting a sense of what that person wants from you. Yeah. Because sometimes, hey, you call someone on the phone, you get a meeting on the first call, and you make a sale at that meeting. Right. It happens sometimes. Uh, there's just as many, if not more, relationships that have taken years of staying in their headspace and keeping them up to date. And hey, here's what I'm up to over for the rhythm. Here's this project we completed. Uh, yeah. We've got to get to whatever their level is, which might be very different from how I talk to people. Uh, but I'll, I'll make myself the kind of person I need to be to be uh, who they want to talk to when uh, that situation finally goes up. A lot of stuff that's happened for me in the last 60 or 90 days is because you know, imagine all of the customers that used to have trade shows that no longer exist. Right. Uh, that need to figure out how to do that stuff online. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And I would say another marketing tip is like telling people thank you. So um, we just recently finished a crowdfunding um, resource or a, a campaign, and Mike was one of our donors. So I told Mike I was going to send him a copy of my autographed book, and he's like, "Don't waste the postage; just wait till I see you in person." So Mike, oh, here is you. your card Appreciate and. It. My, a copy of my autograph book, so that's our way of saying thank you. Love this, this is going on the shelf, but I want to talk about thank you notes because that's another thing. Uh, yeah. Thank you notes cost about postage plus about a buck, yeah. uh, but they are worth so much more than that. Yeah. Uh, and it's such a, a key tool where if you, if you meet anyone in person, uh, literally as soon as you get back from that office, right. uh, it should be going out in the mail same day because you never know. That's, I don't think you close the sale with a thank you note, but yeah. I think you get a lot of points for something that's not a lot of work. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's a no brainer. That's another Tammy Turner tip. And it's so rare these days that you actually yeah. have people write you a handwritten thank you note. So it's like, it's that you're going to stand out, even if you're not the greatest salesperson, because they're like, wow, they just took the time to actually write me a note. like. Hardly anybody does that these days. So, very nice. thank it's, you. It's yeah. Yes, it, it is. You're right. Um, both of you guys. It, it's so important because you have a captive audience because it's almost a 100% open rate because people are they're, they're looking at their mail. They don't get too much mail. The physical yeah. mail, they're going to look at it and they're going to open it. It's almost 100%. They're not going to throw it away. Like, you know, so, you know, having that. Um, that, that, yeah, that physical thank you um, gift is, is definitely something, it's a nice little tip to have. Yeah, and the other thing too is like, what do we normally get in the mail? We're either getting solicitation mail mm -hmm. to sell us on Hands out. bills. So it's like, you go through, you start looking at your mail, you're like, bill, 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 <laughs> solicitation. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, my God, thank you, though. So, oh, who's this from? And like, this like makes up your whole day. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, do I like get sent away? Do you have a like, I, I, yeah, I have one on first. Why don't you just sign this book? I didn't sign it right. Where did you sign? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. 
That's a pants around the front, like on page zero. Yeah. <laughs> I made sure I did that before I gave you that tea. But like on the other hand, you know, like I don't really, you know, get jollies off of writing thank you cards. Um, the last campaign we ran, I think we had like 11 donors. Well, that means that I had to send, and anybody that donated $25 or more, I sent them a book. So I sent out like 10 books. And one of the donors, she donated like 10 books, uh, $10, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, um, yeah, so you know if you donate $25, you get a free book. She's like, Nancy, I already bought the ebook. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, I mean, I didn't necessarily want to like take the time to write the card, put the address on there, sign the brown envelope, go to the post office. So I said, you know what? This person didn't have to give me 25 plus dollars either. So it kind of, you have to look at it like that. And it's not about what they gave you today. Right. It's about what that relationship was for you in the long run. Yep. Because exactly. there's yeah. a lot of meetings where, you know, I met someone, we had a good meeting, I sent that thank you card, I didn't hear anything back, we didn't do any business for two years. But right. when they come back in year three, uh, it's, it's difficult to amortize the value of that thing. Absolutely. Yep. I think so too. It's those little, it's those little seeds that you're planting. You know, you're always planting these seeds and, and yeah, they're going to grow and they're going to bear fruit. You just don't know when, um, yeah. but you just got to kind of keep planting them um, because one, it's, if, if it's not a part of your core, your being, you know, just, just make it an appointment, just put it on the calendar and just, you know, right. and just have it there. And, and, and then create a frequency of it um, and keep planting them. Yeah, and the other thing is like that six degrees of separation, you don't really know who that's gonna put you in contact with. I mean, also just having an attitude of gratitude goes a long way too. I actually have a, um, I just happen to have it in my computer back today, but I have this gratitude journal. Um, just wanna bring this up. I got this from um, uh, Terry Savelle in, so I, I made a point, like in July, I'm going to write five things a day that I'm grateful for. So um, I had kind of started to get into a little bit of a slump where I started complaining about things. And so I'm like, I really have to turn this around because I have, if you think about everything that you don't have in life, you're, you'll feel like you never have enough. But if you start being grateful for what you do have, it'll like attract more, you know, good things in your life. So I, I really got to flip this. And so I'm working on breaking this habit of complaining. And I'm like, okay, so I did this for 21 days straight and I'm still complaining. I'm like putting little hashtags down every time I'm complaining. I'm like, oh, I did it again. Like I'm not even noticing stuff until I started like, you know, calculating this up. And so, so I was like, I'm going to go another 30 days because it's been a really like um, positive experience. And so I'm going to keep this going. So I just wanted to mention that. Like just having an attitude of gratitude and being thankful. Cause like, honestly, People, I think, feel some of us feel like we have a sense of entitlement, and it's like nobody owes you anything. Nobody has to buy anything from you. So the fact that you have any customers or clients, especially during this time and with COVID nineteen and all the other craziness we have, like you should be grateful. You don't have to have any customers. Exactly. So um, I think you have to see it as a positive and like not focus on things that aren't going well in our lives or things that you know we want to see turn around. Yep, and that's and I know that's hard for people, especially when you know they're trying to keep a roof over their head. I mean, these are very hard, traumatic, mentally draining times for everyone. Yeah. And so you know, just 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 trying to you know and understand that that everybody's kind of going through it. So. <laughs> yeah, I was telling um, Mike off the air like I've been having this issue with insomnia since March, and I thought, oh, I don't have to go into work every day. I'm gonna have the best sleep. <laughs> 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 I'm going to spend a nightmare. I'm like, I can't sleep at night. This is ridiculous. But I think it's just like that fact that you don't have that everyday routine that um, it just kind of really just gets you off your kilter. Like, I didn't realize how important your routine was until you kind of got to this point where you're trying to figure out what are you going to do with all this extra time you have? It's like, oh my goodness, I'm like, I'll be tiling the kitchen floor. Like, I'm packing up things in my mom's room. Yep. I'm like doing everything but climbing the wall. So, I am grateful that I have this extra time to um, work the business as well and write. So, those are two great things um, that I've gotten out of this experience. Hi, Francine. How are you? Oh, good. That's good. 
Well, um, now that you're joining us for the conversation, um, I'll see where I can plug you in in terms of marketing tips that Melissa and Mike can offer to you. Um, this would be a good question for Francine. Um, how can you inexpensively market using the bullseye approach by starting out with friends and family and then moving on to people that you don't know? Melissa? Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that, okay, that, that was for me or for, to, to Francine, right? Say it again. So we're hoping Francine, so we're going to be asking questions like giving her tips on how she can improve her marketing. Okay. Okay. So your question was based on, you know, what you have in your book, right? What, what is the, um, how to expand from the bullseye to the outer, right? So reaching, yeah, reaching, reaching out to customers, um, it, it all starts with, with strategy. You just really need to know who your customer is and you need to know where they are. And when you find out where they are, especially in the digital space, that's where I play in. Um, then you just show up, you know, think of, you know, showing up in where they are, whether it is with your Facebook platform and you're constantly providing um, content of value um, to that platform and, and, and people sign up and want to hear more about it. Um, or you are in, you know, a, a group or you're part of an organization that is part of the group and you show up all the time. Um, and, you, and you always drop value and, and, and bring that there. Once they are accustomed to that as a part of your brand, um, then, then you can look to kind of expand that and add them um, as a customer and then reach them and then those that look like them. So I work in the, you know, a lot in, in, in advertising and online advertising. Um, I think, like I said before, your customers are your best prospects, your best sales force. So utilizing your customers, especially within Facebook, you can find similar people who look like them and act like them and reach out to them and, and provide your service or product to that group and then ask them questions. Is, is this what you want? Is this what work for you? So um, it's really kind of expanding and finding out where they are and going there and, and just experiencing it with them. Yeah, um, Francine actually, um, Francine, if you want to chime in and introduce yourself, that's fine, but she actually owns two small businesses. Um, she's an author and a writer, and then she um, also is a fashion designer. So one of the things that Francine and I talked about is that she would go to book signings and people would buy her books, but they didn't necessarily want to um, fill out her contact list. Um, so how would you, what incentives would you have? Do you do like a free giveaway where you give away a pin or how do you get people to um, join your contact database so you can start to build that up? Because that's your, your network is your network. So you've got to give up that contact information. Yeah, there's got to be a contest. There's got to be a carrot because otherwise nobody wants to give anyone an email anymore. I have an email just for giving the things that I want to get whatever. You're going to send me after they get the email back. Uh, so you've got to make sure that you've created an incentive that makes it worthwhile to get that contact information. And uh, for an author, that's got to be a book. For a bad designer, it's got to be a piece of apparel or something. Yeah, like a contact of Ron or something. Yeah, or an accessory. Something that's, you know, doesn't take away from the detail, but might give right. you a further incentive to Um Though, Francine, if you don't mind, tell Melissa and I and really focus on Facebook a little bit more about both your businesses. Um, and then that way, we would have some more specific ideas. I don't know, Francine, if you're still on mute. That's it. No, she's muted. Yeah. Um, I'll send her a text message. She was just talking a second ago. Yeah. Uh, well, while, while you're doing that, one, one, a good example of that incentive, especially like in, in, in books, in the book space, is if you have a physical book, the incentive is in, now people like to have the physical book, but they also like to have the electronic version. So with electronic version, you get an email, you know, because you got to send it to them, right? Electronic. Oh, that's, yeah, so, that's fine. And so, that's probably the email they like to use. Or an audio version. You got, you know, things, you know, you offer up you know, take what you already have, your content, you know, and you can offer it up in a different way and that can be good for people. Or inexpensive swag that you don't mind handing out, like 
you know, if you're an author of branded, uh, cost a minuscule amount of money to get a thousand loads printed out, and you can have a business Secondly, it is well, I'll make sure that you capture the time break before you can. Yeah, that's a Um, I can't talk about that. Um, but can Francine are good. Um, okay. Anything that's okay. branded with your contact information and logo is always a good thing. And Francine's still not in. Um, I thought she was Francine? there. Hello? Hey, Hi. I'm here. Uh, I'd love Hi. to hear more about your businesses. Can you give us a brief introduction? So we, he wanted to give you some specific feedback on some marketing tips. Um, well, the books is, um, uh, mostly health related about my journey, um, dealing with lupus and I have, um, I put poetry in it, the third book, um, must be in all of my books and I made just a poetry, the third one and I did self care for my last one. Um, and then as far as clothing, it was, um, it's more like business casual, like what to wear to an interview, what to wear for a business meeting, um, that type of stuff. Um, I was trying to figure out other ways to market myself because, like I said, I think I, you had said to Nancy, it's better for me to get people to my emails. And um, people started doing a freebie. Um, just get extra lupus, but I'm trying to figure out another way to. Um, get people to gravitate towards it, um, subscribe. And I was trying to figure out other ways to get people to, um, to buy the clothing as well, so. Well, I like the uh, fashion for interviews concept a lot. And I think mm -hmm. uh, one thing that you can do, again, expanding the network and, and building relations with the customer, uh, start doing video consults. Uh, talk to them about what they're going out for, see what they've got in their closet already, talk to them about what they like. Uh, so that you can tailor recommendations and of course move product. But again, it's about building those relationships yeah. and making it so that, you know, it builds your reputation as an expert um, and creates incentive mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, that's great. So Francine actually also designs and she creates the product too. So she sold it too. Yeah. So I have a shirt that I ordered from yeah. her, which I'm yeah, I think that I think that the video concept uh, video consult concept is important because um, here's the pain point for you, Francis. There's a lot of women, me included, out there that um, would love to have a stylist <laughs> come and just just put an outfit together for me so I don't have to think about it, you know? I don't have to be concerned about what I'm wearing it and where. Um, so right. have those cons consults out there enough that people can say that, oh, I have somebody, you know, who, who is my wardrober, who is my personal stylist, who helps me out, um, you know, you know w on a budget, right? Um, yeah. But somebody who has an eye for that and can support you know, women and, and, and men in terms of if, if you do have your clothes, but I know Francine, you, you have some wonderful pieces. Yes. It's not, not just buying it, but how, you know, how to wear it. That's the counsel, right? How to, how to wear it and be successful. So offering that type of content to people is really good. And it adds no cash cost to the product that you're selling, the garment that you're getting out there to find, but it creates in them greater value. Because um, yeah, yeah. we got two things, we got price and we got value. You can't change price dramatically, but you can always create more value for that product. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, it builds and reinforces the brand at every level. Yeah, and one of the things that my hairstylist told me um, was that women need two things in their closet all the time. She's like a wig and a black dress. So I had never heard those two things. I'm like, that's true though, because you never know when you're going to need one uh, or the other. Um, and the other thing too is like, I know for me, because I come from an insurance background, it's a very conservative industry. So I have like a lot of blue, black, and brown in my closet. <laughs> People mm -hmm. think I'm going to a funeral. And I'm like, but this is how I'm supposed to dress, right? I mean, not this is what's in my wardrobe. So sometimes people that kind of can get stuck and they only wear like certain colors or I have an SC personality. So um, 
I know like even when I was in college, my friends would be like, every time we go shopping with you, you buy the same pair of jeans like every time. Like this, he's like, no, get out the box, buy something else. And I hadn't even noticed it, but sometimes we can get stuck in a rut too, you know, when it comes to fashion. So Yep, yep. Well, um, ditto. <laughs> same thing. Black, <laughs> black, gray, black, gray, and, and yeah, you know, tan and black, gray, blue, and brown. Yep. Uh, just in our closet. So people who understand color, how to work with people with color. I mean, I'm 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 wearing this. This is this is really like going out for me. I mean, really wearing something this colorful is is novel. Um, so uh, just under get, getting a good understanding of that and having somebody who can kind of. Um, help people and that that's the value people and people pay for it yeah yeah so and i'd like your um is it darshiki yeah very pretty thank you okay um so we do want to help francine um build her website out melissa helped the dba she she helped with our web page as well um what are some inexpensive tips on how francine can build up her she's got two websites she's got one for the books and then one for a fashion business. One of the things I told her with fashion is that her fashion website, she doesn't have any prices on her clothing. So that can be good and bad. Most of the time, if you've got like really high end products, they say, don't put your price on there because people, when they see it, they don't know the value as Mike was saying, I'm not gonna shut you down. But most of Francine's products are really affordable. Like I think her blouses are like $40 and under. So mm -hmm. I don't see, I mean, to get a handmade blouse for 40 bucks, I think it's a really good deal. So I don't see a problem with adding the prices, but what do you two think about that? I think you should be ready to do your e-commerce. Uh, it's not that difficult of a functionality to implement. And I think if, if you start getting some sales, you're gonna get some sales. Uh, yeah, they don't know how much it costs, they can't buy it. That's the other thing too. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have your price on there. I think you know, e even even the high end, um, to 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 a degree. I know that that is that has always been sort of a luxury tactic. But yeah. as we get away, and, and you know, especially in the virtual world, you know, people right now and these generations behind us, you know, you know, don't have don't want that time to play and and do that dance. They want to know yeah. exactly what the cost is, and their that cost fits with the value in their head. Um, and then they're going to, you know, it, it just saves you time. It saves you time. If, if somebody comes to your site and they leave, that means that wasn't the person that should be coming to your site. So understanding um, and putting your prices there and understanding those customers that buy you, that's what you want to focus on. Um, if so for your website to have that. And, and what I also tell, especially fashion designers, because sometimes fashion designing and website management usually don't work together. It's sort of like an oil and water in most, in most cases. Um, when you have a web presence that it can be somewhat of a black hole where you can spend a lot of time and, 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 and energy in that um, outside of your core gifts or your core value. Um, so you always want to look for services um, and, and folks that could just make that web presence for you as easy as possible because you're there there to provide your zone of genius your your products what you do the best and um and make sure that they just kind of manage the site right then and, and keep the site up and uh, up and going because if you do what you do the best that cost of maintenance of the site is minimal it's like rent you know for the building <laughs> Yeah, another thing too is like you can't be an expert in all things. Like I thought I was doing pretty well in marketing until I met Melissa, and Melissa's like, "Oh, you need to do X, Y, and Z." And, and I knew I needed help on the social media in for events because we had never, I DBSG had not done an online event before, and I wasn't getting the registrations, the registrants that I needed for to pull the event off. So I was like, "Okay, Melissa, you're gonna have to help us out." And I got two journalism degrees, so it's like. I mean, don't spend your time, if your thing is fashion and writing, don't spend your time trying to build a website, just hire somebody because they have, there's affordable rates out there, you know, for people that can help you out and do a good job. And I just think like, so especially with e-commerce, because it can be a little bit trickier, I think it's just easier, just even if you only hire them to do your one sales page, it'd be easier than you spending like 10 plus hours trying to figure out how to do it. I mean, I think your time could just be spent wiser and you could be spending that time with your fashion designer. Let's just go for it. <laughs> I didn't hear what she said. Oh. Grab safe, Frankie. 
Yeah, I can't hear. And the point you're making is that it's, it's really not even about the work that gets to the sale. It's about making sure that the sale goes smoothly when you get there. Uh, yeah. You got to make sure that functionality is right where it needs to be so that when someone's on your website ready to make purchase decisions, it goes off without a hitch and that they get the product on time without right. a hiccup. Uh, and that's, it's not just the amount of money you make on that sale, it's the amount of money you don't lose by. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other thing too is like you don't want that customer to have a bad um, customer experience anywhere in the sales process. So that's one of the most frustrating things. Like they find something they like, they either don't know how much it costs or there's no way for them to get to the card to like buy the product. And it's like, well, what is the website up here for? What am I doing? Is I just spent 10 minutes shopping and I can't even buy the thing. And we so. talked about how important good testimonials are. Yeah. Much yeah. more important than managing bad testimonials. Absolutely. Uh, never, you never want anyone out there working at the billboard against you. Yeah. Okay, what happens when you create those sorts of problems? Yeah, and, and don't yeah, don't make it hard for people to give you their money, right? You know what? You I tell about it, and then we complain and say, "Oh, I don't have any customers." I'm like, it's just like this one guy. He's saying he doesn't really have like a lot of contract work. I was trying to get him to do some work on um, my mom and brother's house. I was like, I I've sent him information. I've sent him text on, you know, I need a quote for X, Y, and Z. I've been waiting like two months, and I'm like, well, no wonder they don't have any customers. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah. it's tough, you know. It's tough because you know, like you mentioned before, you wear so many hats, but you gotta always remember that you're the CEO. If you're if you have your own business, you're the CEO, and you have to think like what a corporate CEO does. And corporate CEOs, you know, delegate, they make decisions, you know, and they and they and they write and they think about the vision, but they do a lot of delegation. And so there are just some pieces that you may find it fun, you may like to do it, but you may not need to do it for your business to keep it growing and 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 business and especially in marketing there's so many different areas in marketing and i know you nancy there's you you like doing there can be great stuff like i love doing the pr but just take this off my plate because you yeah. can't do everything and you got to focus on the growth of the business and the ceo just not have time to get into the weeds yeah and i think that is a one that can be an issue with um with um being a small business owner is that you do wear multiple hats and you may not be delegating because you might just be doing it on your own, um, but you can still outsource work. I mean, you can still hire someone like I've done with Mike and Melissa and Robin. Um, you just hire them on a project by project basis when you need help with something versus you trying to do everything yep. you know, on your own. And not, we can't do everything well. God gives us all certain gifts and talents, but he doesn't give one person everything. So that's why we have to build teams and work together and collaborate. And there are so many price points to get a professional and functional website up and running yep. uh, with yeah. professionals like Waza and any number of different approaches to that. It does not need to cost you that much. It is kind of, and I've said this before, uh, a preamble, you've you, you got to have that to be in business. You're not in business until you have Yep. Uh, but it's not that hard. You can get help and you can get online quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how can I use social media to effectively market my business? Because I think there's, I said effectively, so there's other ways that you can do it ineffectively, even though we know it's free. But um, Melissa, I know you helped out a lot with our last, our June 1st webinar, and you were using like different algorithms. I'm not asking you to share all your secrets. But what are some of the things that we can do to effectively market that maybe you're seeing some um, things or, you know, some misconceptions about mar uh, social media right now that don't work well? What do you recommend to a small business owner? Yeah, I, I, I say this all the time, especially, you know, social media. You need to go where your people are, um, first off, and be on those platforms. So, like, right now, I mean, Facebook has 3 billion people. I always tell people, you need to, you need to have a page on Facebook, whether they want to or not. Um, and because there's 3 billion people there. Um, with, within that, um, there are ways to, to market and utilize the tools where you can you know, effectively you know, have a better ROI. 
um, Facebook as well as YouTube and Twitter and I, Instagram, they're all there to make money. And so they're going to try to make it, they do a great job making it easy for you to depart with their with your money with them right. uh, one of the things i always tell people not to do you know especially when they're looking at advertising they want to take on that ownership themselves and and and, and use facebook ads is never boost a post you know a post on uh, in your social media all has specific intention and there is something that are totally different when you create a post that is organic meaning you're not paying for it you just put it up on your site versus um creating an ad that has the attention of driving somebody to do an action. Um, so I tell people that make sure they understand the distinction between posting on your social site and then driving people to do an action from an advertising standpoint. Um, social media, because it takes a lot of care and feeding, you need to care and feed it. So being there consistently, and that may not be seven days a week, but at least be consistent. Like if you're three days a week, you're three days a week, and you're packing punch with the value that you bring to it um, three days a week. And doing that consistently um, will help um, your, your business because it's just, it's just getting in front of people you know, on a regular basis. And the Facebook algorithm, like Instagram, will, will reward you for that. Um, they will reward you for things that they're trying to promote because Facebook's a business. They're trying to promote Facebook Live. You're going to be rewarded for that if you do more live video versus just uploading a video. They're trying to promote some of their other products and services like Messenger. Um, Instagram is trying to promote more around shoppers. So they're going to try to reward you for utilizing those pieces that they want you to do. And then anything that keeps you on platform. So... Um, while it's important to have a website page, and as you notice, Facebook and Instagram, they're trying to make sure that their pages get as close to a website as possible so you don't you know, jump off the platform. Um, but just making sure that you do you know, pay attention to the algorithms or follow somebody who does, um, because there's a lot of things that change over and over with social media, and, um, and then just be consistent with it um, as some of my most important things to mention. And I think not just on social media, but that's part of an ever-present challenge that you face as a business owner working marketing is you're always qualifying your customers. You've got to figure out who are my people and where are they and how do they like to be addressed or found. Um, and that's why you can absolutely spend a whole lot of money in Facebook to, to these posts. And it'll show it to a whole lot of people who aren't necessarily your people. Uh, and that's, yeah, same thing with YouTube. You've got to eat. And, when you eventually get to the point where you start paying for uh, impressions, then you've got to start really looking hard at the reports that you get to figure out who they showed you to and, and why and when. Uh, I've, I've run Google campaigns for, for Rizzo Rizzo, and when you go in and look at the campaign results and you say, okay, you showed a lot of these ads to people between zero and 18 years old at two in the morning. I don't <laughs> think those are the groups of people I need to be dealing with. Let's yep. run from nine to five, which only runs with people who are old enough to sign contracts. Exactly. Um, probably set it off at 65 as well. Uh, and there's uh, so many of, of the major web giants are built now. They're all advertisers. Uh, any product that you don't pay for, you are the, you are the product. <laughs> On Facebook, <laughs> we're all part of it. Uh, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Google, all of that. Uh, we're, we're what they're selling. So if you're on the other side of that transaction and you're paying for communication through any of the Google, Facebooks, Instagrams, YouTubes, uh, you've got to be in a position to be truthing what you're spending your money on and tailoring your approaches because otherwise yeah, you're going to be paying for a lot of impressions with a lot of people that are never, ever going to be I know I was, I was working on, speaking of social media, I was working on a piece of content that I'm going to be putting up probably uh, next week, but it, it was you know, just I like to put up certain quotes and I always want to hit people on the head with this. Like, you know, if you're not reading and analyzing your data, you're like you're marketing with your eyes closed and, and you're trying to walk down the street. That, I mean, you've got to look at the data, especially in marketing to, um, to know what's working and what's not. Now, I mentioned before, right? You got to be the CEO. So it's sort of like, oh my gosh, do I need to be in the weeds of the data? No. And there's tools that will allow you to kind of at least give you those insights, those quick hits that you need, you just need a dashboard. You just need to just know the insights, um, but you need to really understand that data to make those changes or those, you know, to optimize it because it's all about just attracting customers to grow a business. You want to be profitable, you attract the right customer, 
you get one of them and then you just scale similar customers and you can do that through making sure you know what the data says. And I don't care what kind of business you're in. The difference between a successful business person and an unsuccessful business person is the level of introspection that it takes to go back and look at what you're doing, figuring out what works, figuring out what didn't, and evolving. Um, and if you keep doing the same thing, the same tired approach that isn't working for you, well, you're never going to get it. You've got to humble yourself and start looking at, okay, what am I doing wrong? Or what can I be doing better? Um, and then take a firmer steps to get there. Yeah, that's the definition of insanity. <laughs> you just want the same thing, expect a different, different result. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to say, too, is um, how, and this is something, Melissa, you're working with us on, how can we increase engagement on social media? Because I'm sure you're going to say that's a big part of sales, too, showing that people are actually interested in your product or service. Um, yeah, and, and engagement equals um, pretty much con it's content engagement equals value. You're providing something that they want to know. So you really need to understand what are people are looking for on social media. So that way you're providing the content that they want to engage in. Mm -hmm. uh, like, for example, I put a post out, um, a social media post the other day and an easy way for any business to start the engagement route and think about that as part of their strategy is ask a question. Um, put a post out to get to garner information back, you know, and, and use that in terms of engagement. You want to think of, of, of ways to um, people to not necessarily like, or, but comment and share. And a lot of that is the value. What value are you bringing to your, your post? That's going to help with engagement. Yeah, because I know at one point when we were marketing the June 1st webinar, um, we had, you had sent out a couple of the, um, the digital cards and it just had like the photo of the presenter and, um, the name and tied maybe the title. But then once we started seeing, you said after it started seeing out the actual digital cards and then putting like a little bit of biographical information in there, you said that caused a lot more engagement. So sometimes we just don't provide our audience with enough information and, I don't know, maybe they just tune it out. Like, for example, here's a, here's a great example that we could all do mm -hmm. after this after this call. Let, let's say, all right, so this, this podcast is going to come out. Yeah. Um, we want to put this on LinkedIn. So this is what we could do. You, you, okay. you, everybody do a screen grab of this podcast as it is. Mm -hmm. Use that as a picture. Put it on your LinkedIn. Mention that, you know, I just did this great podcast with at Nancy, with at Mike, um, around marketing, hashtag marketing, hashtag another uh, strategy, and put that out on um, LinkedIn, and then you'll see this this increase in awareness and engagement. Um, it is just getting people, you know, to to know that you're out there. And Mike, you're going to see it, and your people are going to engage in it, and Nancy, you're going to see it. Um, so it's just really getting, uh, being very intentional with the messaging that you're putting out um, by using just you know some of the posting strategies around um, tagging people and using hashtags and, and, and delivering it in environments where they are with the message, so. Okay, sounds good. Um, switching over to branding a little bit, how, uh, why is using the logo important? The, uh, <laughs> you wanna go, Mike? Go ahead, you go first. Okay, uh, I said a little earlier, if you don't have a website, you don't have a business. If you don't have a logo, you don't have a business. Uh, the logo appears commonly on your website and your business card. And you need all three of those things before you can even go out and say you're in business. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's it's one of those things that you have to spend a little bit of money on to get started. But it is essentially important to the identity of the brand that if you don't have it, you're just not there yet. You haven't even begun. And, and let, me, let me add to that because this is what I've seen a lot uh, with, with some of my clients is that they start to go down the creative logo spiral black hole. You need, <laughs> you need a logo. It does not have to be the absolute best. You don't have to be 100% satisfied with it. As long as it's professional and as long as it gets the message through, use that initial logo. You can always update. If you notice, corporations update their logos all the time. So you can always update at some point, but I know businesses become stagnant because they tend to go down the logo branding black hole of <laughs> what this should look like. How should I do it? That, that's not gonna help with 
really sales right now because you can get a logo in you know in an hour on Fiverr and be fine. What is is that you, people want to just know what your business is and the results that they can get from your business. Um, so the logo is very important because of professionalism, um, but just don't go down the, the, the spiral of spending so much time with it. Yeah. The same, it's kind of like the same philosophy as the website. You can spend so much time like on the back end sales process that you're missing the whole point. Like you're in business to sell something, <laughs> a product and services that you can't, we're, we're losing ourselves. We're losing the whole forest for the trees. Like we can't spend all of our time, you know, building a logo, building a website. It's like at some point you've got to get in front of people to, you know, do your sales pitch or sales presentation so that you can start to generate revenue. And it comes down to two things that are kind of important, again, to anybody who has any business being in this webinar. First, perfect is the enemy of good. Uh, you can get by a lot of times. But the other thing is, if you're an entrepreneur, most likely you have a certain attitude a certain way of doing things that you're a little bit cocky and a little bit sure of yourself and that confidence is great, but goes back to the, the central thing that focus on the thing that you're good at, focus on the thing that you're here to do, trust others to handle the nine million other tasks that don't need your personal involvement at any given moment. Get it professional, get it done, and move on. Because if, if someone who has done some work with, with identity and, and logo design, you get people who have strong feelings about what their personal brand is, uh, and then ideas and visuals, like, oh, everyone, everyone associates me with uh, anger inside. I got an anger in me. If people don't know you personally, <laughs> and if your goal is to form a business that will make business relationships with people you don't know, well, then you can't come at me with all of your, you know, this, this backstory that nobody's going to know. It doesn't matter. Get something nice, get out there. Um, and there's a lot of pitfalls and, and challenges there when fundamentally make a decision, move forward, get out there, get to business. Yeah, um, Mike and I started working on the first video that he did for us in January. And at that time we had no logo. And so he put the video together. I watched the draft and I was like, something is really missing. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, people don't really know that we're working together as a team based on them just watching this video, I said, I really think that we need to put a logo on in the video. And once we had the logo in there, even though we've enhanced it since then, it's like the whole video just came together. And don't get up there yourself. You've had multiple irons in the fire while we were working on it. Yeah. Logo is in progress. Right. But you're right, when it came together, when it everything coalesced and you saw it in context, it, it did yeah. draw it all together. Yeah. And then you, you kind of, smoothed over the part where when that logo evolved from where it was yeah. to the version that it's in today, that reflected what we had learned as a group, yeah. not just creating the video, but in early meetings, as we have pivoted and further understood what the hub group was and what it's on. Right. And now I think the, the identity materials really look bang on to what we do at the level of consulting that you get with these residential subgroups because it evolved with the process yeah. that we were all undergoing the and something like Melissa was talking about, you know, being that CEO, um, a lot of people say, well, you know, I can't afford staff right now. And again, we're looking at what we don't have, we can't afford. But in the book, I think it's chapter four, I talked about building your team. When you can start to build your team with volunteers. I mean, I outsource some of the work um, that you all have done for DBHG so far. But I mean, a lot of it is just our monthly meetings, our quarterly meetings, and we're just sitting down brainstorming, figuring out, okay, what are we going to do now? And when I was starting out, um, I spent a lot of hours with Ellis Liddell and just brainstorming. So, okay, so he's still trying to wrap his head around this whole thing. So exactly what is the hub group? And I tried to explain it like 15 different ways. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're going through this again. But each way you figured it out a little bit better. Yeah. And how many, <laughs> how many central points of the hub group were figured out of heat and cornbread yeah. over coffee. <laughs> right. You work it out together and you get stronger for doing that. It's all terrific. Yeah. And I, do, and I do think, um, Nancy, I mean, you're, you're a testament to 
seeking out and 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 working with people and de and delegating. And I do think you know business owners, some of them don't want to do it yet. Some of them fear fear of failure or ridicule. So don't seek out your family. Seek out people that may not know you, um, but seek out people who who can who can help you, who can give advice. Because I know, um, I know, I know there are the people out there. There's a bunch of people out there who love to give advice, right? right. And you, especially if you approach it with like, "Hey, you do X, Y, and Z. Can I just pick, you know, pick your brain? Can you just give me some advice on this?" People love to talk about what they did and, and and how they, you know, became successful. There's a lot of people out there who want to do that. And if you approach it respectfully, um, you can, you know, save yourself some steps, save yourself some years um, mm -hmm. by um, by reaching out and having people help you. Absolutely. Well, we don't want unsolicited advice. We want advice from professionals. So I always yep. like Puka them and Ray Ray. We probably don't want their <laughs> advice. No, we're gonna pass on that. I don't like Ray Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pass on Ray. Ray Ray burns people's houses down. So we're yeah. gonna pass on Ray Ray. <laughs> we want educated, knowledgeable advice from people who have experience in what you're trying to do. Um, so you all, we're gonna talk about just to wrap this up. Any major pain points that you want to bring up when we're marketing? One of the pain points we talked about is the cost of marketing. That's why I talk about inexpensive approaches because a lot of new business owners, cash flow is an issue, and you don't want to um, incur a lot of debt starting out with the startup business. So, any other pain points that you all want to bring up? I think you. I think you hit it on the head in cost. The cost of marketing. Uh, I think people just need to know just know the benchmark, the good rule of thumb. And it's really hard, especially if you're if you're a new startup. But marketing costs should be, you know, for most small businesses, um, should be like between five and twelve percent of your annual sales. So your sales, you should have a budget that for marketing, and that's marketing, not sales, which is a different cost. Um, and so I think if people could think about that's how much they should be spending, um, that would really help them, especially because it's a wild, wild west out there, especially on the internet. There's a lot of people who kind of set up a shingle and they say that they're a marketer because they had a million dollar launch and that's not really the true foundation for most businesses. Those are atypical. So, um, you, you know, definitely from a pain point standpoint, people have a lot of horror stories, but if you just seek out, you know, professionals, People have been doing it for a while and they can cite you sources and examples and references um, from a variety of things easily. Um, those are the folks that, you know, as, a, as, as you seek out marketing help that you should, um, you know, gravitate towards. Yeah, I think Melissa nailed it. Um, and I think if there's one kind of underlying point to this whole discussion, it's that you have to spend smart. Um, and that means not just knowing how much of your budget needs to be spent, but also where and when, and uh, where you can do the work yourself and where you can get somebody else. Um, and I think kind of boiling down everything we talked about, if it's about your personality and your presence, you, you need to get out there and be out there. But if it's support, you need to go out and get that support. And, mm -hmm. and sadly pay for it. Yep. Well, sometimes you can get really good advice for free too. That's true. Um, in some of the ways, you know, I did a lot of work through Fiverr, like Melissa mentioned, and it was very inexpensive. It still was professional and polished. Oh, um, so yep. yeah. I, I, I always tell people YouTube University is a great place to kind of go and, and you know, learn some things and, and, and figure out some things um, um, for sure. But yeah, just, you know, staying, staying focused um, and learning to say no, especially in marketing, because there's all a lot of shiny object syndrome that goes around, um, just staying focused and, and, and driving a, on your business against your strategy, and that, because that shouldn't change, um, and keep using that as your, 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 um, your litmus test. You know, is it on strategy, what I'm doing? You know, because people are come at you from a variety of different things, like, hey, I can get you this, this, and this, um, but is it on strategy? <laughs> Yeah, is that going to get you to your ideal customer or your target audience, like you had mentioned before? Well, thank you both so much. We're going to wrap it up. We're out of time. Please leave your contact information. We'll listen to Mike, and then we'll move on to the next uh, webinar. You're both free to join us for the next one if you'd like to on Access to Capital. I'll probably still be here. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, unfortunately.
Yeah, unfortunately, I got to jump off onto an, another call. I wish I can. No but well, uh, do you want to leave your contact information for Y Digital Marketing so potential sure. owners, new business owners can contact you? Definitely. You can find me, you know, on, on Facebook at Wise Digital Marketing as well as Instagram. Um, Melissa at WiseDigitalMarketing.com um, is my email. You can reach out to me there or just WiseDigitalMarketing.com. Find me there and contact me and I'd be happy to, uh, to kind of help you with your plan and have you move forward in your business. So thanks, everybody. I'm glad to be Thank here. Thank you, Melissa. Bye. Mike, you know, Liz, yeah, uh, you can find me at RizzoRizzo.com. That's my last name, R-I-Z-Z-O, R-I-Z-Z-O.com. Okay, sounds good. All right, that'll be a wrap. Thank you, audience, for joining us today. We look forward for you, uh, to you being on the next um, webinar with us. Thank you for joining us today. Detroit Business Hub Group is committed to your success. Go to nancyoneal.com forward slash DBHG for business tips, blogs, videos, and virtual classes. Watch your investment pay off.